So let's review. You two screwballs have just strolled in here fresh from the sewer and given me a bunch of bulldink about creating itchy with no proof at all, and you expect me to give you... How much? Eight hundred billion dollars. Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount. This week we're here to review the day the violence died. I am Dando. I am Mitch. How you doing, man? I'm comfortable today because I'm in the comforts of my own house. Yeah, change of scenery. It is. Uh, it's very rare that we record on location uh, at Casa de Grinta, but we are here today. And I think this is only the third time I've actually been in your media room. Uh, yeah. Third or fourth time? Yeah, I, the first one was for... The one where Bart cuts off the head of Jebediah Springfield. Oh, and, and the stalker was out the window. Stalker was out the window, and I was getting uh, <laughs> drunk. I think that was also the first one where I had the confidence to drink while recording. What have we got in here? I'm, I'm just want to just describe to the listeners what we what I'm experiencing oh, here. A, f- a fairly shambolic attempt at covering up the walls. Really, <laughs> like there's um, the, what are these things? Just canvases of the Indiana Jones films? Yeah, so they were minimalistic art reinterpretations of the posters. So, yep. Raiders of the Lost Ark, which is just a whip, but the end of the whip is turning into a snake. Yep. Just alluding to what goes on in that film. Temple of Doom, uh, you can see that that's in the shape of one of the sort of mystical stones, but then within that, you've got crocodile, you've got uh, oh, yeah, yeah, sabers, yeah. The, um, that ladder is the line running through the middle. And then... The Last Crusade is the Holy Grail, and it's like that famous bit of artwork where you've got, like, is this a vase or is this the silhouette of two faces? And you've got um, Indiana on the left and Doctor well, and Sean Connery on the right. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. Um, <laughs> That's why I bought it. I mean, it's completely... <laughs> It's it's completely plagiarized. I just ripped it off the internet and then took it down to Kmart. Oh, you're making a canvas. Okay. <laughs> so, so you know, if you're the creator of that work, I apologize. <laughs> so, the day the violence died. What do you think of the episode? Um, there's a, a couple things in the episode that were my main takeaways from it. Mm. One was that this is a well, I kind of liked the ending of it being a comment on. I, I couldn't decide if they were trying to make this a comment on the fact that audiences always want a happy resolution and they want their characters to be the one that win the day, or if they were trying to make a comment on how unsatisfying Deus Ex Machina or Machina can be where an ending just comes from, like, is introduced from nowhere. It's not actually crucial to the story at all. They just set up a problem and then it's fixed. I think they were going for more the fact that it was just so, it's always so obvious that Bart and Lisa are going to be the ones to solve the problem. Mm. And it was just, like you said, a, a very unsatisfying ending for many people. Many people, it's a polarizing episode. Many people didn't get the ending and they were annoyed by the ending. Mm. I like the ending because it is different. It's interesting that they had Bart calling that out before they'd even seen the response about it. Yep. Um, you would think that if you were going to be annoyed about the ending, you would have heard that sentence and gone, oh, that's what they're doing. Yes. But I also think if you were watching it in the vacu- in a vacuum of having never seen a Simpsons episode before, you would probably take that as a very meta comment on storytelling in general rather than just playing on the history of the show. Yeah. Outside of that, uh, anything with Phil Hartman works, and this has obviously got the no money down, one of the all-time great Hutz moments. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also, I always really enjoy the judge getting exasperated at Hutz. So, like, the... We've been here for four hours. Do you have any evidence? <laughs> <laughs> My favorite Hutz moment is when he just turns to the kids and goes, this isn't in this episode, but he goes, kids help. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mine is from the deleted scene. That's good. The box is empty. Yes. <laughs> Which I've seen so many times. I think you said this as well. You think it's in the actual yeah. episode. Yeah. Um, and outside of that, obviously, Kirk Douglas is really, really good as Chester J. Lampwick here. Um, he was very difficult to work with, I read. Really? He would only read the lines twice, no more than two takes. Okay. Um, and he kept... Well, he's an old school filmmaker. Yeah, yeah. And he, which line did he keep screwing up? I had it written here. Um, Paint my chicken coop. No, I oh, wish. Oh, sorry. Make me. <laughs> <laughs> it was something... Oh, he, when he says, I changed all of that. But he kept saying, I charged all of that. And he charged. said... It, I charged, yeah. And he said it t- the, incorrectly the second time. So, Nancy Cartwright had to pretend to sneeze so that they'd have an excuse to get him to say it a third time. And he finally said it right the third time. They yep. didn't just tell him you've said the word wrong? <laughs> I don't know if it's the like, grizzly old man who didn't want Kirk, to I know be told. You, I know you've got your two take, Max, but come on, mate. You've got to at least get them both right. But the, this is why it might have been like that. He wouldn't wear the headphones. So, he oh. couldn't communicate to people outside the booth because he said the headphones hurt his ears. Right. So, he refused to wear headphones, which means he couldn't communicate. But they could hear that he was getting the line wrong. So, they're like, Nancy, do something. Oh, man. That feels like such a Kirk Douglas thing. <laughs> What do you think of the character? You said he did a good job of it, but as a character, I forgot how much of a dick he kind of was. Yeah, yeah. He, he's he, not he, a very good person. He deserves the money because yeah. he created itchy. Yeah, he created that. But he's not a very nice person. Yeah, but years of living on the street are probably yeah. going to turn you into a little bit of a craggly old Bitter man. old man. Yeah. He's still um, going to give him Bart something more than a couple of bucks or Homer a couple of bucks for his well, trouble. Well, yeah, Bart got nothing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I love Honestly, though, I did enjoy... I, I liked that they at least included the scene where he pays him back. I thought that was a nice yeah. little a, a little gesture that, you know, it's that thing of no one gave to me, so I'm not necessarily going to give to you. And the fact that he gave him 200 bucks from a bum is probably a hell of a lot. And maybe even payback for the fact that Homer threw the change down into the laundry. Like in an, <laughs> That's, in great. An, That's a great in, scene. In an equivalent <laughs> sense. But he's also understands that, no, I'm not going to take from you either. You help me out and here's your money back. I, yeah. I thought that was a, a nice little gesture. He's not like an out-and-out out evil man is what I'm getting at. He's just very embittered towards Itchy and Scratchy. But he's not really mean to anyone else at any point. He even offers to shine Kent Brockman's shoes. Like, yeah. Overall, he's not a bad person. And uh, when I was a kid, I used to think he was doing that to be smug. No, he was just trying to help. That's just his life. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, he's grown up making money by shining shoes and combing hair. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you brought up Homer giving the money mm. before. That annoyed a lot of people, I've read here, that they felt it was stupid that Homer would just randomly have $1,000 or $750 in his wallet. And just, here you go. It was just a real cheap way of writing that into the episode. It, oh, of course. Bart needed money. Homer just conveniently has $1,000 in his wallet. Yeah, of course it was stupid. That's... I, I know that. Like, but that was what... I think we've entered that era of the Simpsons only, now. It's the thing for me. If it only happened once, it's dumb. But because they kept going back to that well, it becomes funny. And always for an increasing amount of money. Oh, sorry, not always, because it's like thousands and then down to 750 or whatever it is. But but yeah, like the fact that it keeps happening and Homer's like, yeah, okay. Like, and, and then thinks about it afterwards. It's like, it's that works fine for me yeah also this was the um this was the itchy and scratchy episode for the season because josh and bill wanted to have a itchy and scratchy each season they mm-hmm. were in charge of P- the poochie show being the one for next season yes i like how the sh- the the creators use itchy and scratchy as a way to sort of poke fun at themselves yeah they poke fun at and i love the and uh, mondays for AA. AA. <laughs> <laughs> now something that this wasn't it's not referenced as a thing that they were alluding to deliberately and i don't even know if this was a really big story at this point in the 90s but it has a lot in common with the controversy around the creation of Batman. Are you aware of I'm this? I'm not at all? aware of this. No. Okay. So you'll always see Bob Kane credited as being the sole creator of Batman. Okay. However, in truth, it was a guy named Bill Finger. So Bob Kane kind of had the general outline of who 
of you know this masked vigilante kind of character. Bill Finger wrote all of the early stories for it. It's gone, some people have gone as far as saying that Bob Kane has never written a Batman story in his life. But what he did do was at one point the creators of Superman were trying to sue to be able to get their exclusive rights to Superman away from DC and owned by themselves. Bob Kane ratted them out and then kind of as like a he had some currency, he had some favour at DC, and one of his conditions was, I want to be credited as the sole creator of Batman, always. And, like his bargaining chip. Yeah, and Bill just got completely screwed over and, and were, railroaded basically out of a whole bunch of money. So he doesn't get any royalties or anything? Uh, look, I don't know if... He, maybe now, for a very, very long time, no. It was just a thing that didn't happen. Um, now you will see, like, they've kind of trying to right the wrongs, I think he's... I assume he's long dead now, like the character was created 70 odd years ago. Um, but you see now that it will have Bill F- Bill Kane and Bob Finger. But oh, okay. in a lot of the movie credits, you still only see Bill, uh, sorry, Bob Kane and all that sort of thing. So it's um, it's a, a story that certainly rings true. And there'd be plenty of cases of plagiarism and stuff like that in real life. You would imagine where people have gotten super rich off someone else's hard work. I can actually see this as an episode that animators would enjoy. It's particularly people who have a, a lot of knowledge on the history of cartoons. There's a lot of allusions to Toon history in this episode. Yeah. We've got um, parodies of like Fritz the Cat, the original Mickey Mouse cartoon. Mm-hmm. Was it Steamboat Willie? Is that Ste- the original uh, one? Steamboat Mickey. I think it's called Steamboat Willie. Steamboat Willie? Willie? I'm Sorry. Sure it's Sorry, yes, it is Steamboat Willie. My apologies. Yeah. But it's just, yeah, they, they take the piss. Even Schoolhouse Rock with your favourite song. The Amendment to Be. The Amendment to Be. Uh, is that my favourite? Did I put that as number one? Yeah, well, you, oh, you wanted it to be your number one. I wanted it to be. Yes. I don't think I did And then you changed it. it to, we do. Yeah. But I mean, Amendment to Be is one of your favourite songs. I do love it. Amendment to Be. And they got the I'm original... not garbage. Now, do you know what that's a takeoff of? Uh, yes, but no. Okay, so Schoolhouse Rock were short little uh, political and videos, like uh, educational videos for kids mm-hmm. in America in the 60s, 70s, I believe, okay. that era. And they actually got the original voice of the guy who played the Bill in those cartoons, Jack Sheldon, to voice in this, just oh. to make it even more... You know, more authentic. On, yeah, authentic. Yeah, cool. It's pretty awesome. And the title is a play on what, Mitch? Uh, the Day the Music Died, the 18-hour-long song yes. by, by Tom 16 Lane. hours, please. What was your favourite moment from the episode? Madonna cut that down to three and a half. Yes. <laughs> um, my favourite moment in the episode, Roger Meyer Jr.'s Cigar Ash falling off <laughs> when he's like oh how much you screwballs want <laughs> 800 million dollars just the ash falls <laughs> and then they're thrown out they're 800 billion dollars <laughs> a billion or million billion it was billion did they have billions of dollars <laughs> I, back then i don't know my favorite moment is that just mentioned it before make me but it's the throwback with crusty later on yeah that was so make me was the result of a meme that i came up with that i think was too obscure even for you and it was Which like one? There was a novel and it was like Jack Reacher, Chicken Coop. And I said, the prequel to the massive hit, you Jack s- Reacher, Make Me. I, I got it, but I thought the fans on the page are not smart enough for yeah, this. Yeah, it's a shame because I think it's one of the funniest things I've ever come up with. <laughs> and sh- mostly because I was standing in the bookstore looking at it, just just giggling my ass off for no reason at all. If you all. can find it again, send it and I will share it. Okay. And we'll see, see what, what the response is. Yeah. We'll post it in the Patreon page at least. Okay. New name for the episode. I've actually come up with one this week. Oh, look out. What have you got? With? I've got the cat and the solid gold house. Yeah, okay. Obviously, you could have also gone with cat on a hot gold roof. I went with torch, tort, as in legal yeah. legal tort, torch or... Po- 
Jeez, this is actually hard. It, it works better in writing <laughs> than it does out loud. In my head, I'm thinking I'm going to have to cut this out. No, we're going to leave it in. Tor- torture porn. Torture porn. There we go. <laughs> Would the Simpsons have the word porn in their title? Probably not, but I can. <laughs> I know you can. <laughs> Alrighty, now... Trivia. Mitch, what do you got for me this week? Well, it actually, uh, I wrote this down before I realized it turned into a big plot point, so that's annoying. How okay. much is the drawing worth in the store? $750? Yes. Okay. Is, that, is it 1000 or 750 yeah. <laughs> How much would that be Australian? $1,000 Australian? Uh, about yeah, about 1000 about 1100 1, Yeah, Depends on the exchange rate. I think our dollar is uh, tanking at the moment. Is it really? Well, no, it's holding steady, but it's on, it's on a downward trend. Okay. What day and year did Chester sign the sale? Or it was 1919. Mm-hmm. Was it early in the year or late in the year? Two-thirds through? Two-thirds through. October 21. Oh, September 3rd. Okay. Well, I was pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> um, when was Inchy and Scratchy International founded? The first cartoon came out in 29. Mm-hmm. So, 1921? Yes, 1921. Good. What did that have to do with 1929? Because <laughs> it was either... I knew the you answer. like... That was... Sorry. That was like someone on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire where they're just trying to milk their 45 seconds of screen time. They'd be like, uh, who won the best supporting actor in 2008? And I'm like, hmm. Well, I had a, a milk yesterday. I remember 2008. I was walking by a bakery and I... <laughs> anyway, the, the answer is Ed Norton. Yes. <laughs> Well, I thought it was either going to be 21 or 29. I'm thinking, okay, did the cartoon come out? So, the cartoon came out in 29. Yeah, so right. That's the first one. See, it's, I, I found that very interesting that the company itself was founded eight years, eight years before the first cartoon, mm. which would suggest that, yes, he stolen the character, copyrighted that son of a bitch, but then took a while to actually figure out what to do with exactly, it. Exactly, yeah. Which Disney character does Chester share his last name with? Oops, shouldn't have said last name. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, crap. <laughs> I certainly shouldn't have said he shared it. <laughs> oh, it's too hot today. Do you know who Lampwick is? Um, no, who's Lampwick? It's a character from Pinocchio, Disney film. Oh, yeah, right. Gets Lamp- turned to a donkey. I was going to say, it was in the back of my head. Lampwick is uh, he's the the boy? The, the, yeah, the yeah. naughty kid. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I've never actually seen Pinocchio, so. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. That's, there's one. There's two Disney films. I've never seen Cinderella either. Yeah, right. I probably have seen Cinderella. I don't know if I'd remember it off the top of my head. I'm just pulling That's up him, yeah. Yeah, the footage of Lampwick's transformation. Like it's Okay. It's uh some pretty Oh well this <laughs> that was... Okay. So this is intercut with uh Monsters Inc. Monsters Inc. Reactions. Mike Ziowski react reacting. <laughs> but it is some pretty horrifying If you're footage. a kid, yeah. Um Popeye also looks really old there, actually, now that I think about it. Really haggard. Popeye? I, um Pinocchio. <laughs> he looks like Papa. I call him Papa. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, Papa, Papa, Ian. Papa, Pinocchio. <laughs> We're off to a good start. Yes. It's the new location. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing. What was Chester's production company called? It was uh, Lampwick something. Lampwick Studios. Lampwick yeah, Studios. Just yeah. down the bottom of the film. Yes. How long does the marathon go for? The June 48 special? hours. Correct. And my final question, what, mm-hmm. is, what is Radon? Is it Rat Bait? No, it's not. I actually thought... Similar things. I was like, it must be a pest control or something. It is much worse. Uh, Radon, it turns out, is a chemical element with the symbol RN, atomic number 86. It's radioactive, colourless, odourless, and tasteless. According to the Mm. US EPA, radon is the second most frequent cause of lung cancer after cigarette smoking, causing 21,000 lung cancer deaths per year in the United States. Uh, When you take out smoking, like so in in non-smokers, it is the single 
leading cause of lung cancer. Is it like asbestos or something? Um, no, it's it's just like a when radioactive isotopes break down. Oh yeah, it forms this, <laughs> and but apparently, it um, uh, it occurs so it can be found in some spring waters in hot springs and that sort of thing. It makes its way into a house through the mud. Um, so, like, where dirt, soil... So, if you've got a basement, for example, and a lot of American fa- uh, homes have basements... With no floorboards. Radon seeps in through the walls. Mm. Well, that's not pleasant. So, oh, there just, you go. I just love the way you asked him, do you know anything about it? No. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's the equivalent. It's the American equivalent of the castle. Like, yeah. has the soil been tested? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing too bad in there. What do you know about lead? <laughs> <laughs> what came first, the castle or this episode? Ooh, I, I want to say... The castle? Well, this aired March 17th, 1996. I think the castle oh, came out in late 96. 97, yeah. maybe? Yeah, it was 97, I think. So, this episode. Rats, they stole the idea. Yeah. <laughs> My final question. Actually, got two more. Actually, the castle, um, it's, they've gone on record. They stole all of those ideas from their own family. Have you ever heard no. this? And uh, like Santo's dad, for example, he said he didn't know. So, like, uh, they were like, oh, how are we going to go showing this? Are our family going to crack it, um, crack it about what we've done? And apparently after the movie, Santo's dad came up to him and was like, hey, you know that thing that happened to Dennis DeNuno with the photocopier? That happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's great. That's a movie that you and Guy should review, The Castle. Yes. See, I always say The Castle, not The Castle. I say The Castle because that's how you pronounce oh, it. Oh, okay. Um, well, you know, do whatever you want. Yeah. But I... Possibly. Comedies can be hard to review. Mm. As much as we're doing it here. A comedy like The... We'll see. We could get into that. Look, I mean, Stay tuned, if people. people vote for it, we can put it in a poll. Speaking of, we should probably tease the uh, the old heat review that we just wiped up on the Patreon. We page. probably should. We should it's... probably explain that that is for Patreon because anyone that's not subscribing to it, it would have made no sense. Yes. <laughs> Who's guy? <laughs> but a fantastic review. I listened to listened through back to it today. Yeah, the, uh, editing. So fantastic. We, yeah, we break down the old classic heat. Uh, there. And if you haven't watched it, I really highly recommend that you watch it at least six times. And then we did another one about our top... T- What's well, already up online. Yeah. The, um, the top ten... Our top ten heist films. Best part of the heat review is when uh, we get near the end and you go, well, we should probably wrap it up. And I go, you haven't discussed the uh, shootout scene yet. Like, oh, yeah. Well, it was a good scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my last two questions I've got. How much are the card holders in the comic book store? Card holders. Uh, Just the nine sheets. 50 cents. 25 cents. And finally, what is the name of the very first Itchy and Scratchy cartoon? Or Itchy cartoon? Um, Manhattan Mouse? Manhattan Madness. Madness. Nearly. Mm, I was close. You know what I loved about that whole scene? The fact that Chester's playing on the piano. Yeah, I really dug that as well. That was a throwback to old silent films where they would actually have live piano being played. Yeah, so good. Already before the review, Mitch, who do we need to mention? Our good friends at our Big Roddy's Rip and Rip Shack. We do indeed need to talk about Big Roddy's Rip and Rip Oh, jeez. One day I'm going to get that out. <laughs> rib Shack. Don't go to the Gold Coast looking for a rig shack. You'll find a very different thing. It's going to cost you a lot more. Don't Google it either. Uh, I should. Google Rig Shack and see what rig happens. Rig Shack and see what comes Big up. Big Roddy's Rig Shack. Um, I'll tell you what comes up. A lot of rigs. A shack? Quite literally. <laughs> a, shack. a combination of like... A shack on an oil rig. <laughs> but let's get the name of the business correct, okay, Mitch? Let's what see if we can do, do it. rig shack with a Q? I might get Shack's rig. <laughs> I do indeed. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> it's just a big truck. 
<laughs> Big Ronnie's Rip and Rip Shack. If you love delicious barbecue and you're in the Brisbane vicinity, make sure you head there and check out their delicious menu. Mm-hmm. How can people find them, Mitch? Uh, you can find them online by looking up Roddy's Rip and Rib Shack or you can BigRoddy'sRibs.com. Uh, TripAdvisor, 4.5 out of 5. You can't beat that. Let's get it back up well, to five. I mean, five. you can. You Let's can get be, up to five. You, you could be 4.6789 or five, but... <laughs> Doesn't get much better there than that. There aren't many that beat that. Yes. <laughs> and the thing is, it's not just TripAdvisor. Like, they're 4.9 on Facebook and they're a 4.1 on Zomato. Um, Big Simpsons fans as well. Not sure if they're on Yelp. Simpsons references throughout the entire store. So, mm-hmm. make sure you check them out. BigRoddiesRibs.com. Time to get into our view of the day the violence died. The original air date was March 17th, 1996. There was no chalkboard gag and the couch gag was the Simpsons are all colourless. Have you noticed Bobs. that's happening more and more now? Yeah, because they need more time. Obviously. A, they need more time, and B, there's no intro anymore. They're getting sick of writing chalkboard gags by now. That could that's probably an element of it, but I think they just yeah yeah I guess. What do you think it'd be more so? Don't want to have to think of it because there's no intro at all anymore. I think it'd usually, be, I honestly it's just think like it'd be both. It. It's just as easy to go. Uh, let's just drag a scene out for an extra ten seconds. But that wouldn't be too hard to think of, would they? I thought I thought oh. that would have been fun. You have to do it. Tw- you have to think of twenty two a year. No, because. Or 12 a year and For then 22 to make it at air You've probably written 150 And once you've looked at more than 40 of them Whether one was funny and one wasn't Just wouldn't make sense anymore Yeah, true It'd be one of those really Mind-numbing tasks as a writer To try and go Fuck, is that good? Is it not good? I don't even know anymore Well, I wish there was uh, video footage Of the writer's room From, say, the early to mid-90s mm-hmm. It would have been boring as fuck to watch Oh, yeah, of course yeah. It was just guys Just spending hours Trying to think of one joke Yeah Um when worked into a documentary, you'd be fine. Like yes. It's South Park yeah. Six Days to Wear. That's a you great know, you, one, yeah. But you also get the gist in that, and they show just enough of it for it to be interesting without being boring, that there's a lot of time just spent staring at a wall. It's just an office, really. It's guys working, trying to come up with something. Watching them do the voices, though, is one of the life's treasures. <laughs> Him doing that, is it the human centipede? Yeah. The cuttlefish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that is one of my favourite things yeah. I've ever seen. How's the vanilla paste? I believe you said cuttle paste. <laughs> Sorry, cuttlefish. Cuttlefish. <laughs> Sorry, Kyle. Oh, that cuttlefish did not agree with me. <laughs> um, hold on, Stan. No, okay, that'll do. Man, that would be a fun show to make. Uh, yes, it would be. <laughs> they should charge tickets to go watch them record it. Would you go? Uh, no, probably not. And I probably wouldn't want to work in that environment, to be perfectly honest. You wouldn't? No, you don't want the general public coming in while you're trying to bash something. Oh, I, th- I thought you meant that you wouldn't be part of the show. No, no, I meant, I mean that. You way. want people coming to watch you. I wouldn't want people coming to watch me if I was sitting there doing voiceover work. Yeah, like because you know they're gonna see bad take after bad take after bad take. That's before true. You yeah, get a good one. You don't want to ruin the illusion. So the episode kicks off with Bart and Lisa watching Itchy and Scratchy Marathon. This brings back memories. Remember when marathons were on? They were an event. Yeah, uh, a week long build up to this Seinfeld marathon on Channel yeah, yeah, Ten yeah. or something. Yeah. And, I mean, we've spoken about Seinfeld and Simpsons marathons in the past, so I tried to cast my mind back to another delight from our younger years, the movie marathon. Mm. And when that would typically coincide around... Star Wars. Star Wars marathons were on sometimes. Well, yeah, Star Wars. Of course, Star Wars. You fucking geeks can't get out of the theatre. But, uh, no, I've been more... (laughs) You mean actually at the cinema? Your general... Yeah. Okay. At the cinema, public holiday, long weekend type deal, and they would throw... There'd be three or four different movie marathons, and you might pay 40 bucks to watch three movies back to back they typically started late like it'd be like a nine or a ten o'clock kickoff through to early morning and the one that i really strongly remember watching was like cabin fever 
one of the final destinations. I think it was final destination two. Okay. And I fell asleep in the third sector. <laughs> that was often the way it worked out. Uh, I think I saw... I was off getting some tail. I went to a Harry Potter marathon. Harry Potter. And... Really? You? Uh, uh, I, you know, groups of friends, they're like, do you want to go to the Harry Potter thing? And I went, yeah, no dramas. And I think it was two, three, and four. And somewhere between... some At, at like one thirty in the morning was not the right time to be watching a weird time travel version of Harry Potter where nothing made sense anymore. What's your favourite movie marathon you've ever been to? Um, the best one that I've ever done was not an official one, but it was an Australia Day public holiday and we, Tom and I went to see True Grit, the remake of True Grit with Matt Damon and Jeff Bridges, Black Swan and The Fighter. Black Swan and The Fighter, that's an odd combination. Well, they were all Academy Award nominated. Okay. So, and they were all at the movies at the exact same time. We were like, fuck yeah, like, screw barbecues and the hottest 100. Let's just go watch three movies yeah, yeah. in a row that are going to win awards. Uh, well, how, how would you explain to someone how to pace yourself for a movie marathon? Because by the third one, it gets exhausting. Don't drink too much too early. Yeah. Um, caffeine, not soft drink. Like, you want coffees and that sort of stuff. Probably start of the second movie, hit yourself up with a little coffee. Because you get dehydrated if you drink too much soft drink during yeah, the first one. Yeah, you can do. And, um, I don't know, when all else fails, just an eight ball will really perk you up at two in the morning. <laughs> I've been to a movie marathon and it was it was a Jim Carrey marathon. Mm. And it had Dumb and Dumber, Cable Guy and that, Liar Liar. That is an exhausting marathon. Yes, <laughs> it was. So many faces. But it was enjoyable. Yeah, it would have been. Well, how would you have ended that? What, would, what do you reckon would be the ideal... It was Dumb and Dumber, then Cable Guy, and then Liar Liar. It's a shame that Cable Guy's in there, to be honest. Yeah, Cable Guy's in the middle. You could have just thrown in Ace Ventura again. Would have been fine. They should have, yeah. But Liar Liar, I love that end credit scene where they're all laughing. Yeah, it's a good blooper scene. Yeah, so back to uh, Bart and Lisa watching the marathon. Uh, Brockman brings up the news report about how people are lining up for the parade already. Yeah, uh, did you hear the cutaway line? A stowaway bear that has been terrorizing astronauts. They, they're so good at coming up with those Brockman one-liners, yeah. aren't they? <laughs> Just, there's always something crazy happening that's yeah. not as important as what he's about to talk yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do you remember, when was the last time you went to a parade? We don't do good parades I've in Australia. I have ever been to one. You would have went to Gala Parade. No. Ever? Oh, I, you would have when you were younger. As a seven-year-old or something? Not in, I don't remember. What about going. grand final parades when Hawthorne were in? No, um, because I was often working. This is we were before doing that we before a, the public holidays. <laughs> That's this country people. We get a day off so that the national sport can have a parade. Yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> God bless Australia. God bless Steve Brax. <laughs> yeah. I think that was his. Was it him? No, no, no. That was the one that's in power now. No, well, was oh uh, yeah, it wasn't Brax. Was it um, Matthew Guy? I'm sure it's the guy that's in charge now. I'm sure it only came in yeah. like two years ago, didn't it? When, uh, possibly. <laughs> Our politicians change know, all the time. It's hard to I know keep up. so little about state politics. Yes, it, it doesn't feel relevant. <laughs> uh, Marge does not want Barton Lisa to go line up, though, does she? Because it's too late at night. It's 11 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> bye, Mom. Bye, Dad. Bye, kids. On your way back, pick up a six-pack of beer. Bart, Lisa, it's 11 o'clock at night. Where do you think you're going? Downtown. we got to get seats for the Itchy and Scratchy Parade. I won't have my children sitting alone on a cold, dangerous street all night. Home where you go to? Oh, why can't they just take the gun? They noticed that the uh, the comic book store is still open, so they said they're going to go check it out. They tell Homer to save his seats. Are you good at saving seats? Homer's not. Better than him. Yeah. I don't don't really care about upsetting someone. You wouldn't either. No. Seats taken. What, all nine of these? Yes. But what's the most amount of seats you can hold, though, before it gets... 
Well, it's, it's or, an unwritten rule. Is it three? I reckon it's three. You're holding in more than three no, seats, and it's not. It At least put a jumper on the fourth. It depends on how big the group is. I have held up to six before, but you've held up to six. Gets, so you plus six. It gets frantic though because you've really got to cover some room yeah. to hold six. <laughs> you, you can't. It's like those machines where you got to bonk the heads. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly like that. You got you just got to stand like you kind of. What I find if you don't have enough jumpers to seat ratio, you've got to space them out. So. You pop a handbag on one, and then you go across two, and then you put a jumper there, and then you go across a couple more, <laughs> and put down a set of keys. Yeah, a set of keys, a wallet, something a drink like in the drink that. holder. You obviously stay closer to your wallet, but you can put the wallet on the seat, and then yeah, popcorn in the middle somewhere and a drink, and then it just looks, <laughs> and then this, and then people the don't want to thing, question it. You don't have to act like you're the one holding them. Yeah. Just, oh, sorry, guys. Someone's sitting there. They're yeah, they're all on the toilet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. These four, they're my friends. Those two, I'm pretty sure we're taking. New life hack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what do they see? And in then, the- if you really want to get them, you don't have any friends. <laughs> <laughs> you just bring one of each thing. <laughs> Three on either side. You're set. You want some room. So what do they see in the comic book store when they go in? The original... Uh, well, and talking? We don't know that it's the original, but a very, very early drawing of... Oh, before that. Like oh. The oh. Fritz the Cat parody. It's the adult oh, cartoon. yeah. Sorry, right. But yeah, that's messed up. Yeah, <laughs> so messed up. I didn't write it. Uh, write it down. I was like, oh, too much. <laughs> Can you remember seeing your first adult cartoon? Ooh. Or a cartoon where you knew it wasn't for, intended for kiddies? Um. When did you see? Not even cartoon. When did you see your first? See some so, awful things on torrent websites. Just yeah, <laughs> just on the ads. banners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never forget when Nicholas Nicholas cousin was living oh, with us. Hard to explain. Nicholas cousin was living with us, and I left my laptop open downloading TV shows for for this girl. And then Nicholas sends me a message saying, um, "I won't say a name." So and so just messaged me asking if I was aware that you look up porn on your laptop because the banner ads on the side. What kind of snake dobs you in instantly? <laughs> I know you're doing a favour for the girl. Nicholas goes, "I asked her to send me a photo, a screenshot, and it was the banner ads." <laughs> So, A, she's a moron. Yes. And B, she's a snitch. Yeah, she's I a snitch. Never let her back in the house again. Oh, I, got home, I got home, right? She had the back door open with the heater on. Is that what you... Hang on. The videos or... <laughs> the back door was wide open, heater on. I said, why is the heater on? It's not, it's not uh, cold. She goes, I was cold. I said, well, why don't you close the back door? Because I didn't want to have to get up and let Jed out. Oh, my God. <laughs> kind of awful human being. Oh, you married mate. into this family? <laughs> Is it too late? Can you get out? <laughs> Apparently so. <laughs> take the butt the, in the oven's the take, final step. Take the kid and run. <laughs> You'll have no time fighting for custody once you present that evidence. <laughs> Another thing, this will annoy you, you. We'll get back to the episode in a second. We cooked. I cooked the pasta bake, right? Covered the top in cheese, as you do with pasta mm, bake. Yeah. She walked up, just scooped the cheese off the top, and put it in a bowl. The melted cheese. And left the rest. The I, cheesy goodness. I... I said to Nicola, she just took all the cheese, and Nicola goes, "That's not a fondue." What? What, what, what did you take? What did? You, what, why didn't she goes? I don't like pasta. I just like the cheese. And she just scooped the whole cheese off the top, and put it in a bowl, and walked off. With That's it. where you do a Homer Simpson: throw her on the lawn, <laughs> holding the chair, <laughs> like just pick her up in the <laughs> chair that she's hit, like Betty and Selma, yeah. <laughs> out the door. Oh <laughs> uh, man, enough whinging about my wife's family. <laughs> Getting back to the episode, so now they find what behind. Or Bart sees it. Well, now they find the photo, yes. Yes. Um, the animation. Do you want to buy it for 10 bucks or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And he gets the response that any normal person would give. Mm-hmm. That, I'll play the clip. I've thought here that comic book guy was a little over sarcastic, and Bart points it out, calls him a loser. It's hard to tell where the line is with comic book yeah, guy, yeah, though, yeah. to be fair. Like, he's 
you want him to be pretty sarcastic, otherwise he has no point to exist. Yeah, but some I just felt like he's a little bit too much here. I normally like him with a guy in here. I was like, yeah, you're being a bit of a douche. Yeah, no, he's always a he's douche. He's always a douche, but he was a real douche here. He just got offered 10 bucks for a piece of priceless memorabilia. <laughs> he's a child, he doesn't understand. <laughs> Is he being any more of a douche there than when he's saying, negative profit to me, minus $59. He's, oh, oh he's please, th- please take my money. I guess they yes. <laughs> Um, so it stands in front of them So they've, they've yep. lost their spot back, yeah. Essentially So what does Bart do? He just uh, joins a parade Yeah he joins in I, I like that oh, you can so his... Quickly So they yeah. establish here Roger Meyer the creator Ah yes They yep. just give you a quick reset To be able to help Introduce why this guy Is going yep, to be yep, in yep. the story Great um, uh, announcing as well Isn't yeah. it? Represented on this next float Is Roger Meyer Sr Who founded his company In 1921 And struck it big When he teamed up A mouse named Itchy with a cat named Scratchy. Here we see him creating the two comical characters out of thoughts he plucks from his head. And that man waving from the front of the float is his son, Roger Myers Jr. Oh, isn't this just the most fun you've ever had in your life, Dave? Yes, Suzanne, it is. It's funny when you watch that clip on the, I think it's the season one DVD or season two maybe, of the Thanksgiving Day Parade with Bart's yeah. Balloon, and the commentator is just so bored. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like that when Bart runs into the parade, you hear someone say, Hey, Bart. I was about to say, Hey, it's Bart. Yeah. <laughs> Bart's so proud of himself. Yeah. <laughs> and then they, get, they enter, enter, enter Bumtown. Bumtown. I like that the commentator says, This certainly seems to be a poorly planned parade route. <laughs> <laughs> and then Esther, enter Chester J. Lampweek, hurling tomatoes at Yes. Him. Where did he afford to get tomatoes? Just stolen from someone's garden, perhaps? Could have. Maybe he was paid in tomatoes for a, a service that he never provided. <laughs> I gave you six tomatoes to to shine my shoes. Those shoes were in disrepair. Shine my shoes. Make me. We should make an entire clip of just different, different scenarios. Chester J. Lampwick as different tradesmen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would be a video. Yeah, I could do that. Let's do it. All right, done. Get out of bum town, you're no talent bum. Show some respect, man. That no talent created Itchy and Scratchy. He didn't create Itchy. I did. Huh? He stole a character from me in 1928. When I complained, his thugs kicked me out of his office and dropped an anvil on me. Luckily, I was carrying an umbrella at the time. You invented Itchy? The Itchy and Scratchy Itchy? Sure. In fact, I invented the whole concept of cartoon violence. Before I came along, all cartoon animals did was play the ukulele. I changed all that. Well, I'm not calling you a liar, but but I can't think of a way to finish that sentence. I liked how Chester's real-life story about... Like, after he's explaining cartoon violence, got thrown out and all that sort of thing. He then... I just said throned. That's annoying. He got thrown <laughs> out. <laughs> um, but how he describes how he dropped an anvil on me. Luckily, I was carrying an umbrella yeah, at yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That, that's very funny. Like... You like to imagine... It's like um, what goes on behind closed doors at Mad Magazine. Yes, that, that in New York. what goes yeah, yeah. on in cartoon life is what goes on in real life yeah, yeah, for yeah. cartoon people. It's understandable that Bart doesn't believe him either. Mm. I mean, if some guy told you, I just created I created Mickey Mouse, you're crazy you're a bum. You are. <laughs> Get away from me, you Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I did wonder, though, is how has this not come about before? Has He's been walking around with this film his entire life and never shown anybody. You just don't ask questions about Simpsons mm. anymore. Well, I will yeah. when it's warranted. Yeah, it, it is. I thought the same thing, but I thought mm. if I brought it up, you might go, you'd give me the response no, that I no, gave you. No, as I've told you before, it's fine when you act within the rules of what you're doing or if you've done something purely to make me laugh. 
but this is neither of those two things. <laughs> Bart doesn't believe him, so he hands in the film, as you said. I like that he says you need a 90-year-old projector. Where do they find one? At the school. Yes. <laughs> it's probably just been brought in that semester. Yes. As part of a new funding um, program. Uh, I really liked Millhouse reacting to the um, movie throughout. Look out, Itchy. Yes. He's Irish. I like the a chance for more... Mi- oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So good. As I said earlier, I just love the fact that Chess is playing the piano as well. Yeah, and plays it well. Yes, yeah. Cracks the knuckles and off he goes. If you need any proof that he made this, that's it. That he I could guess play he could have learnt it. I mean, he could just know what... He could have been playing any score. It, it, it was timed perfectly, though. Yeah. Like the bongs and yeah. things like that. But anyway, but then what happens? Um, Disaster happens. Well, Teddy Roosevelt shows up. <laughs> but no. Uh, yeah, the, the film just completely disintegrates into Ash. Kind of like our show, Futurama, last week. Uh, yeah. Um, which we've got to finish off after this. So that's going <laughs> to be a good sound for the listeners when yes. it goes from your house to my house. We'll see. I'll and try and fix I it. I go from making sense to saying things like throned out. <laughs> you are tired tonight, aren't you? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Ash, Ash looked at me before and said, are you okay? And I assured her I was. But you never asked someone that though. Yeah, but now I feel like she had spotted something that I hadn't even seen within myself. So coming from commercial and Chester's just given up all hope. Because he's lost his film. That yeah. was the only known proof that he actually did yeah. create Itchy. But pleads for him to try and says that Roger Myers Jr. is much nicer than his dad. So, he might give you a chance. What, is, what, does, he, what does he do every year? Uh, goes to the pound. Yeah, goes to the pound. And does, uh, uh, Rescues one cat and one dog and gives them to a hungry family. Yeah. Well, you know, what happens from there is not uh, is not Roger's doing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, doing. Doing is a better word. But offers the Simpsons house for Chester to stay whilst the animators are at the yeah. AA meeting on the Monday. This is a box you can sleep in. Just move that cart out of the way. <laughs> I love that Chester just accepts it. Okay, yeah. thank yeah. you. Like this, this is his life. He's yeah. used to it, you know. <laughs> then Homer walks past. Spare a change. <laughs> that is so great. <laughs> oh, so simple, but so Without even thinking about it. Yes. <laughs> also, Lisa's line of, there's a weird smell coming from the basement. A lot of, a lot of cursing. But Dad's upstairs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> The family got in to check and Homer yeah. whacks that colander. Oh my God. Yeah, so it's good. amazing. <laughs> Is he only like a fork of some I kind as well? like a fire poker or something. Yeah, something. Oh yeah. my God, it's good. Oh, it's just Bart and a mysterious stranger. He's not a regular bum, Mom. He's a genius bum. He created Itchy and he's the father of cartoon violence. <laughs> He just needs to stay here till tomorrow. We're going down to Itchy and Scratchy Studios to pick up his check. Mm, if it's just for one more night. So they go to see Roger Myers Jr. and ask him for the money. And it does not go well because who's in their right mind is going to give you $800 billion? $800 billion. Yeah. What, what, do you I, like, I like the way Roger Meyer carried on with that too. Yeah. Like, you guys are just coming off the street with no evidence. Yes. And you want to give... You, you're asking for how much? Yes. $800 billion. <laughs> Now, this is I, a- I feel like Roger Meyer is a good businessman, and if yeah. they'd come in with evidence, yes, he'd probably have cut a deal to keep it under the rug. Here's a question, though: How would Roger Myers Jr. know that his dad stole Itchy? Why would his dad tell him? Does he know? Well, he does. Or is it just a case of it gets found out in court, and then he comes and then he get, he just accepts the fact? I that think his dad- yeah, it gets found out in court, and then he just tries to justify it afterwards. So he, then- so he. Adamly believes by that, by that his point, dad didn't steal it. I, that was my, that's a, that had always been my reading of it. Yeah. Okay, I don't think he was actually trying to cover anything up. I think I just always saw it that he was keeping it as a cover up until he got caught out. But I guess it's the other way around. Mm. That, that's how I would interpret it. Could go either way because Roger can be a shady dude. He can be. Oh, is he shady though? He's not really. He's never never done anything shady. 
He told Marge, screw you and the horse you rode in. Yeah, but that's, that's not Who would do that to Marge? <laughs> you got to have a streak of evil to say something that mean to Marge. And the himself. horse you rode in, hon. <laughs> so they go to London Huts, and we yep. mentioned this before, one of the greatest Huts moments of yep. all time. All right, gentlemen, I'll take your case, but I'm going to have to ask for a $1,000 retainer. $1,000? But your ad says no money down. Oh, they got this all screwed up. So you don't work on a contingency basis? No. Money down. Oops. Shouldn't have this bar association logo here either. Bart goes to Homer, asks for the $1,000. Does not get it. Yeah. So the family are all eating dinner. Well, Nilly does. All right. Wait a minute. Yes. Yeah. They're all eating dinner. Yeah. And then we've got the pink oh, chicken coop. How good is the stare off between Abe and Chester? Oh, yeah. It's so great. You're just waiting. Something's happening. Those corn muffins were lousy. <laughs> Eat my chicken coop. Make me. And the animation of the brawl just happening in the background. Yeah. The sound. Oh, man, it's great. It's so good. I thought I recognized you. I gave you a plate of corn muffins back in 1947 to paint my chicken coop. And you never did it. Those corn muffins were lousy. Paint my chicken coop. Make me. Doesn't one of them has to go? Okay, Grandpa. No, the B U M. Wait, 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 wait. There's an easy way to get rid of Chester without the guilt of sending him back to the gutter. And all it will cost you is a thousand dollars. And we get to the court case. All happened very quickly, didn't it? It did. Yeah. Like I, I was surprised at the fact that there was no interim scene. To be honest, um, actually, I'm not necessarily disappointed either. But I was just like, oh shit, this is happening fast. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to bring this up. I've, forgot to mention at the start, do you feel like the ending felt a bit rushed because they sort of wrote themselves into a hole where they kind of resolved this main, the main story in the second act and they created a whole new story in the final act, but it needed to be all like the whole Roger Myers trying to get his company back. That didn't start to the final act, but it had mm. to be all wrapped up within, say, five minutes. It almost feels like an appendix to a story. Mm. So it's not like it was a whole brand new thing because it still came as a result of what had happened in the second act, first and second act. But yeah, so it kind of did feel more like Chester's story was a two-act structure and then there was just a, you know, next week on The Simpsons kind of like this is what happens. I think when I first watched this, as a a view of the show, you almost expect something to happen to Chester's money. But no, he just lives happily ever after. Yeah, in his gold house. Yeah, like he just he says, "I'm happy with my money. Goodbye. See you guys later." And that's it. Yeah, he, nothing ever happens to him. It's not often that people get a happy ending in The Simpsons. Good for him. Yes. <laughs> We're at the court case, and we get some classic blue-haired lawyer lines here. He's so he's just so smug. Have you ever watched? I call him Fat John Cena, right? <laughs> so he's on the wire. He's the guy who's in charge of Bunk and McNutty. Ah, oh. Fat John Cena. Google, Google Fat John Cena. I bet you he comes up. Yeah, no, I know who you're talking about. Um, he's lost a bit of weight, I think. Actually. Has he? Okay, but he's sometimes a lawyer on SVU, and he reminds me so Is much of the blue haired lawyer. Yeah, he does come up. That's amazing. <laughs> also, somehow, so does Conor McGregor. But it's, it's just the, the the smugness in his voice. Every time I, I see him on SVU, I'm like, you're the blue haired lawyer. Yeah, but he's got a much deeper voice than the blue haired lawyer. Oh, he does. Same he, level. He doesn't of have the nasal, but he's yeah. just the smugness. Yeah, he's just. Yeah. Oh, oh, yes, oh, that film. Right, yeah. the famous film. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that film. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You don't have a copy, do you? Yes. <laughs> so good. <laughs> uh, then we get Krusty and the paint my fence. I love that Krusty was called in as an expert witness for no reason. No, he just, just happens to be on a show that runs it. Just like for the gag. It's like calling in a. Um, Rupert Murdoch to say 
to testify as to whether or not Matt Groening originally invented The Simpsons. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. It's just on the network that I run. So Chester then claims that all the characters were stolen, not just Itchy. All the characters that Roger Myers apparently came up with. Mm. What did he actually... He actually came up with Manic Mailman. That was the only one, wasn't it? Yeah, Manic Mailman was... I don't know if it was the only one, but that's obviously one of the main ones because that's who he ends up suing the post yeah, office Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Roger Myers Jr. just denies it flat out. And see, I always saw it as him lying, but no... He just he has he knows no none the wiser. Yeah, I think so. I do like he's like you're under oath. Uh, well, am I? I don't think I am under oath. <laughs> <laughs> Brings up how the honeymooners inspired the Flintstones. Yeah. Um. What is it, what does he say inspired Chief Wiggum? Or just it just says that basically. Uh, is it not Edward J. Robinson? Do they just uh, flat out call that out? Maybe, but he just says the cartoons was based on plagiarism, essentially. Yeah. But then thinks of an idea, and then. Yes, it's $750 from home. Yep. Uh, so, t- basically, as a stalling tactic, then Lionel Hutz calls in all of his surprise witnesses again. Did you see the guest appearance? So, John Swartzwater. Yeah, Swartzwater yeah, came yeah. in. Um, and the, also, the fat guys on the motorbikes. The, the they look twins. like Swartzwater. Yeah, they kind of do. Yeah. Sander with crutches. And there was another one, I believe. Yeah, probably. I can't remember. <laughs> was it Ralph Wiggum? No idea. Okay. I just like the little throwback, though, to the, the animation style from the first yeah, act. Yeah, it was very cool. Because you completely forgot about it. But then gets the original cell, mm-hmm. tears off the corner. Another episode very quickly where the incriminating evidence is on the corner of something. Why? What's the other one? The Washington photo from... Oh, yeah, yeah. of course. Yep. Lisa the Iconoclast. Reads out the note from uh, Chester. Even in the note here, he was being a dick. You're something something makes up for your lack of talent. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where Roger Moyer just says, fine, cartoons is based on plagiarism. This is where we get the scene where he mentions Chief Wiggum as well. Mm-hmm. Up the line. Itchy and Scratchy then forced to pay $800 billion and they go bankrupt. As you would. This is kind of like Bart when he uh, gets crusty for tax fraud. Yeah. Yeah, be careful what you ruining his heroes. Yeah. yeah. I love the animation of... So, Roger Myers walks off and you just see Bart in front of the studios. The light just goes off and the music Yeah. Here. Really good. I love commercial. that Chester wants to celebrate with liver and onions. <laughs> and lick at his lips. I wish they had got Kirk Douglas to do that. There's no way he licked his lips. No, probably not. That would have been something done. It, they wouldn't have told him that he was licking his lips either. Yeah. <laughs> Come back and Chester gives back the money that he borrowed and a couple of bucks for his mm-hmm. for his troubles. It was 200 He says a couple bucks, but they were $100 bills. Were they? Yeah, the animation was hundreds. But anyway. Oh, never, never picked up on that. Okay. Maybe he's not so much of a tight yeah. but he has $800 billion. He'll give Homer a billion dollars and it wouldn't even affect anything. Yeah, it'd be nice. <laughs> like, that's eight hundred billion dollars. Completely stopped li- listening to you for a second there. My eyes, my eyes went blank. This room disappeared. Everything ceased to exist. Could, like, you, could you buy Australia for eight hundred billion dollars? Um, oh, you'd go <laughs> pretty close. <laughs> I'm not sure if our economy is in the trillions. I think, I think, I'd certainly go. Hey, Gil, I'm buying you out. Uh, so, uh, Gil and McLaughlin. I'd buy the AFL. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to make a few changes around here. <laughs> how much is Australia worth? Uh, Googling it. How much is Australia worth? Size of Australian economy. Uh, no. Nah. So, you'd get half of it. We've got a GDP of about $1.7 Only half of Australia. Australia's Just by the good parts. Australia's total wealth as of, this is June 2016, was $8.9 Could you buy Melbourne? I'm sure you could buy Melbourne. Imagine owning Melbourne. <laughs> First order of business. <laughs> removing all other football teams yes. to Tasmania. <laughs> and all hipsters. Uh, there'd be no one left. Anyone with a cardigan or a man bun, farewell. I'd put a freeze on the price of coffee. 
That'd be one of my first acts. <clears throat> we're lost. Where were we up to? $800 billion, of course. Yeah. Uh, then Krusty, the Krusty show, he doesn't have your chin scratch anymore. He has the amendment to be. Yeah. Hey, who left all this garbage on the steps of Congress? I'm not garbage. I'm an amendment to be. Yes, an amendment to be. And I'm hoping that they'll ratify me. There's a lot of flag burners who have got too much freedom. I want to make it legal for policemen to beat them. Cause there's limits to our liberties. At least I hope and pray that there are. Cause those liberal freaks go too far. What do you like about it? Uh, um, because you didn't even really know it was a parody of something. So what, what no, is it that you do like about it? It's just got a nice little... Did you, did you think it was an original bump, thing? Bump, bump. Oh, no, not from... I mean, you look at it and go, okay, it's very clearly a very different style and a very specific style. So, it's obviously a parody of something. I just liked that it was a very blatantly political song aimed at children that, like, you wouldn't get very often and it just makes fun of Republicans from start to finish. And you get the the joke about, I'll say that he's gay. Yeah, and... um. Teddy Kennedy was a massive campaigner for gay rights. So, I'm sure there would have been some slurs and innuendo back in that time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it seems like Button Lisa don't agree with the cartoon, though, do they? um, They don't agree with the cartoon existing. (laughs) So, uh, they don't like that they're trying to uh, sneak education and political points into it. Uh, But I I really like the... um, more than anything, I just like the voice for some reason. It just agrees with it's me. Great, what is his, what's his name? I've got it written here. He's, look him up. His name is Jack Sheldon. Yeah, okay. You, yeah. you can actually go on YouTube and watch the old cartoons. and it's, okay. it, looks, it looks exactly the same. It's like a direct parody of uh, it. The Simpsons animators are brilliant at that in particular, like just nailing a look when they're trying yeah. to go away from what they normally do. You know what the cartoon looks like? Similar? Remember the old, is it Life Be In It commercials? Uh, that old yeah. animation style? The, the Life Be In It. Get a, oh, like um, Fred on the Couch. Yes, is that his name? I don't know if it was something Fred. like that. Someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, life being it, get a whole lot, of, get a whole lot of life, get something out of life. And they decided to go see Roger Myers Jr. I wasn't a fan of the dad's head in the Esky. It's a bit much for me. It's kind of funny. It's also just really fucking gross at the same time. It's a joke <laughs> that Walt Disney's yeah frozen. The, I know watching, the fact that the head moves. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I'm up for it. Okay. In a post-Walking Dead world, can you really be too grossed out by anything that happens on TV these days? Probably not. Roger Myers Jr. says he can't do it without any money, uh, so they go to ask Chester for money. Oh, hi, kids. Hi, Chester. Listen, would you pay to make more of Gene cartoons? You'll get more royalties. I don't need any more money. I'm not greedy. As long as I've got my health and my millions of dollars and my gold house and my rocket car, I don't need anything else. Yes, but... Not interested. Couldn't he just fund Itchy and Scratchy again? Yeah, but he doesn't want to because he doesn't like Itchy and Scratchy. But he created it. Yeah, he but created he, Itchy. He doesn't like that it made someone else money and he got nothing out of it. So I can understand him being bitter in that sense. He would have turned his back on Itchy and Scratchy a long, long time ago. Just do it for little Brad. No, screw Brad. I've got a rocket car. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> so they go to ask Homer again. No, not happening. Then they start reading the copyright laws. And this is where you think, if you're watching for the first time, all right, this is where Bart and Lisa solve the mystery. Come up with something. Blah, 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 blah. They realize that they can't. They can't think of anything. They give up. So they decide to help a poo. <laughs> you want to help a poo get out of jail? Okay. Public nudity. Public and nudity, yes. laws. And then we get, I love that at the end of the episode, he rocks up as well. Yeah, so in a bath towel. Yes, oh, a bathrobe. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. Marge, a bit of a metagag here, says that don't give up. You've solved all these cases before. Yep. You've foiled Sideshow Bob. You've done this. You've done that. 
then they think of the perfect plan. They've, they've got it. So they race to the studios, but then someone's beat them to it, haven't they? Yeah. Uh, Lester yes. has come in. Just Lester at, the um, at this point. Who yeah. looks a lot like Bart from the Tracy Ullman yeah, shots. Yeah, a little yeah. bit cleaned up. Lisa as well. Or and, Eliza. And then, yeah, we get Eliza, who also is a spitting image of Lisa from those early takes. Before um, Eliza rocks up, though, Lisa's very smug. Looks like you've met your yeah, match. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So the government gave me a huge cash settlement and Itchy and Scratchy Studios is back in business. Thanks to you, Lester. <gasps> what the hell is going on? I don't know, but it looks like you might have a little competition all of a sudden. Thanks, everybody. But I couldn't have done all this without the help of my brainy sister, Eliza. <gasps> I too owe many thanks to Lester and Eliza. This is a great vindication for anybody who was ever taking a bath, went to get the paper, fell down, and had the door slam behind them and the doorknob break off. And I'd like to thank Lester for reuniting me with my estranged wife. I never even heard about that. I don't understand it. We're always the ones who solve these problems. Do you think there's any coincidence in the fact that this is an episode in which a writer... Sorry, or in which a creator in Roger Myers yeah. flat out says all cartoons are based on plagiarism. And then the final cartoon in this episode is a, is blatant plagiarism of Looney Tunes and Monty Python. It is too, isn't it? I didn't get the Monty Python aspect, I got the Looney Tunes one. I'd say so. Mm. Like, it's a... Not that I'm like, oh my God, you, you ripped off Looney Tunes, but I, I thought that was pretty funny. After saying, yeah, all animation is based on plagiarism, then you just throw those two scenes in at the end. I don't think that that would have been lost on them. They've brought it up a similar aspect in the past with uh, Krusty with comedy. All comedy is plagiarized yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. If this is anyone other than Steve Martin, you're stealing my bit. <laughs> so we get back home and Bart and Lisa, whilst they're happy that Itchy and Scratchy is returned, they're also... It's like confused and disappointed that they weren't the ones to, to fix it. It's like yep. so, something's not quite right here. We're usually the ones to do this. Then we get Lester going past, kind of like the, the baby with one eyebrow. Yeah. What's, what's another time we've had an ending like that? Um, There's been the two koala. other times. The there's koala, the, the, yes. The smash zoom on the koala. Yep, yep, yep. I enjoyed the ending. I can understand why some people wouldn't enjoy it because it's just so wacky and odd. But for the sake of the episode, it fits. Yeah, it's fine. I, I've got no issue at all with the ending and... I don't know. I feel like the sorts of people that wouldn't like that ending are the same sorts of people that wouldn't like Star Wars because it wasn't what they wanted when they were going into it. Yeah, idiots. <laughs> Have you finally come around on that yet? I'm just indifferent to okay. it. Okay. I feel like I will be indifferent to Solo. I can't imagine myself giving a shit about the plot of that movie. I just need to hope for entertaining characters. But you don't give a shit about Last Jedi, though, do you? No, I li- I really liked The Last Jedi. I was invested in that. Like, it, it was telling a story that I wanted to know about. What was the story? Uh, slow speed space chase. Okay. Sounds, sounds, <laughs> sounds enthralling. <laughs> no, the dynamic. I wanted to watch Ray grow and I wanted to... Into what? How is she different from the start of the film to the end? She's more powerful. No, she's not. Sure she is. She moved the rocks. Oh, she moved communicated rocks. with she Kylo moved. across space. She was doing it in the first film. No, she wasn't. All she did was have a sword fight in the first film. She did no... Like, I don't think she did any four stuff, did she? She moved the lightsaber oh, to her own head. She moved shit in the first movie. Moved the lightsaber. She fucking moved shit. Okay, fine. But that's, <laughs> but that's not moving rocks. She, that's why I don't understand why she was so shocked that she could move shit in this one. She did it in the first movie. Yeah, but like, you, there's doing it 
and then doing it. There's doing it in a life of like in a oh my god, I need to no, no, no. She was shit. Sh- it happened. I don't know how it happened. She was shot there. She was lifting little rocks off the ground and when with Luke Skywalker in the training, or she couldn't believe she was doing it. You moved a lightsaber across the snow into your own head. Yeah, but that's a life or death scenario. And then <laughs> she still did it. No, but yeah, but then there's there's doing it without knowing you did it, and then there's doing it when you're trying to do it. What about when she tried to I, use the force I, okay, in the first movie here we with, go. by the mind tricks? You're, you've got a kid trapped under a car and you have one of those moments where adrenaline kicks in and you just lift the car up and you mm. pull the kid out with one hand and you move on. If you then, four weeks later, in a controlled environment, walked into a CrossFit studio and they said, right, lift that truck, and you lifted that truck, you would be high-fiving everyone going, how the fuck did I do that? Because it's a, you know, it's, it's a completely different thing. We don't get too much of a debate, but in the first movie where she had never been she'd never seen anyone do it had never been taught how to do it but used the Jedi mind tricks on a, on a stormtrooper explain that yeah, she took a punt <laughs> <laughs> you know what you're doing right now Dando What's you're that? doing your best version of Bill O'Reilly just <laughs> well how'd the force get there how did it get there okay you've got the force it can make you do things how did it get there <laughs> I just I literally just don't care about these Star Wars films. I just don't care. I, some of my friends are going to see the Solo at midnight. I couldn't... I just... I'll go see it's it. It's not worth that. But it's not going to be... I, I think I will enjoy it because I'm not going to go in with high expectations. Mm. But anyway, let's not worry about it. Okay. What did we learn, Palmer? What did you learn from the episode, Mitch? Uh, I learned that $800 billion is not an unreasonable sum of money to ask for in a civil suit. It's not enough if you want to buy Australia. No, well, no, that's what I learned from this, though. Yes. Not from the episode. <laughs> I learned that if you want a homeless guy to do a job for you, do not pay him in corn muffins unless they're cooked by someone like yourself. Yeah. Cooked correctly. Cooked correctly. Someone like yourself. <laughs> Thank you. No idea what a corn... I assume a corn muffin is like cornbread, but muffins. I would get you to cook me corn muffins just so I can throw them back at you and say, those corn muffins are <laughs> lousy. Jamal! Jamal is here! Ooh! Mailbag time. What do we got? Uh, I'm going to kick off with a My Two Cents story that is... Fairly horrifying from Paul Downs, who was a Patreon supporter. Thanks, Paul. Many years ago, he was 12 years old, been off school for a few days with an upset stomach. His mum decided it warranted a trip to the doctor's, so she got him booked in, gave him a £10 note to cover a taxi there and back while she was at work. Now, in the 90s, £10 was a lot of money to a 12-year-old, so he hatched the most cunning of plans. Waiting until his mum had left for work, he decided rather than spend the money on a taxi, he'd walk the couple of miles to a doctor and pocket the cash. Now, you, look, that's fine. Your mum's already parted with that money. What it gets used on. Yeah. I, I, morally, I think we're in the clear. He set off in good time, made at the doctors without incident. It was on the return journey when the problems began. Ooh. About halfway home, he was hit by the most excruciating stomach cramps, which obviously brought with it the overwhelming need to drop one's guts. <laughs> I've known that for a while. Drop your guts, mate. Uh, yeah, see, in Australia, that's a fart. But anyway. <laughs> um, so he's obviously Australian, this guy. Uh... <laughs> No, you said pounds though. Yeah, I know. So he's English, but so I'm. Oh, so it doesn't mean fart. What does he mean? Well, oh, okay. He battled on with cheeks clenched, which will give you some clue. Oh. Waddling ever closer to home, trying to resist the urge to push, but this was proving more and more difficult. Sweat pouring off me. By this point, I was really struggling, and now about a hundred meters from home, I had to sit down and take a break, to try and regain some sort of control of my stomach. After a couple of minutes, I felt back in control, so waddled onwards to home, but was struggling again as soon as I started moving. This is horrifying. <laughs> Battled on with determination. The sight of our driveway brought with it a sense of relief. I had made it. Unfortunately, I made the mistake of relaxing a little too soon and <laughs> flying through the back door. I realized there was no way I was going to make it upstairs to the toilet. 
The point of no return had well and truly been passed. In a split second, I ripped the lid off the garbage bin in the kitchen as no, my house exploded spectacularly. No, I refuse to believe it. He's used a phrase here I've not seen before in my life. Pebble dashing, not only the bin, but also the kitchen walls. A swift clean-up was I'm sorry, people, required. the whole story. While resisting the urge to vomit at the stench that had now enveloped the room. Why would you read that? When all was said, it because of his final line. When all was said and done, my inside pocket was uh, full of a crisp $10 note. To the victor, the spoils. <laughs> sorry, £10 note. <laughs> oh, dearie me. Um, horrible. Thank you for sharing. Absolutely horrible. Now, give me a mailbag question. We got an email come through from Matt Ritson from Manchester in the UK. I believe it's pronounced Manchester. It's from Manchester. 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 Man. Man. Yes, it. Manchester. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I, how are you? I'm cool, Manchester. I am a. Oh, okay, so anyway, he um he talks about how he likes the Australian accent for a little bit, but that's going to be boring for other people to know about. So, um. He started listening to the show only a couple months ago, and then he sort of like he'll listen to a new one, and then he goes and fills his time in listening to the old ones. His question is, what do you think is the best way to experience the podcast in relation to watching the Simpsons episodes? Option, from a listener's perspective, yeah, from a listener's perspective. So, option one: do they should they watch the episode first and then listen to the podcast, or listen to the podcast first and then watch the episode? Now, maybe to not be too self-referential talk about your experience of listening to other TV podcasts and how you get the most out of it. Well, I would watch it first because the review of the podcast will spoil what happens in the episode. Mm -hmm. I haven't listened to a podcast of a show that I've never seen before, that that I've seen in the past, I should say. Okay. So, for example, just say there's a Seinfeld podcast, I haven't listened to a Seinfeld podcast, things like that. I only ever listen to podcasts or TV shows that I'm currently watching and up to date with. I think the best way for this show would be to watch the episode, enjoy it, then listen to our review, and then if you want to, go back and watch it again. Yeah, um, kind of have the best of both worlds. Yeah. See, I you should experience it yourself I, first. I do think that you would ruin some of the comedy if you listen to this first. Exactly, Because some yeah. of the punchlines are going to be given away and it's been stripped away a little bit. But I also think that you potentially would watch something with a fresh set of eyes and see an opinion, or uh, sorry, so, sort of watch it from a point of view that you hadn't had before. I liken it to the Better Call Saul podcast. So I've watched Better Call Saul as it has come out since it first came out. Yeah. And I only recently started listening to the uh, review podcasts of it, which have okay. got Vince Gilligan and all those guys, like everyone involved in the show is on the podcast. It's really great. But I've found now that because the time has passed, I'm like, oh, I really need to go back and watch that again now to, and I'll probably get more out of it based on what they've been talking about. So my answer is similar to yours. Yeah. I, For me, I, TV show podcasts are a way of... Engaging, having a conversation with friends about a show when you don't have any friends actually watch the show. It's it's for like it's for me. It's like I want to see what other people think about the show. Yeah, this is what I think about it. I want to go see whether they agree or whether they have a different perspective of what I've just watched. Yeah. Outside of that, Danda, you threw a the mailbag relatively quiet this week. So please, guys, I don't want to make the mailbag a Patreon only segment as much as we do want to read out from patrons. But if you are just a regular listener to the show and you've never written in, feel free to write in, ask whatever you want. We don't really care what it's about. Like any any question that's even remotely interesting is going to get read. Mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. And as Mitch just said, I posted in the Patreon exclusive Facebook group today asking for some mailbag questions. What do we get, Mitch? Uh, Chris Hodd. Dickinson would like to know your favourite Professor Frink moment. When he shoots his son out the window. Yeah, that was what I was going to go with as okay. well. 
Oh dear, my wife is going, going to, to kill, kill me. me. Um, what else is there? Um, so Chris's favourite was when he's the stand-in teacher at the kindergarten. Yeah, that's good. When yeah. he's with the wheeler thing, like the vacuum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, yeah. Um, where the hell's the candy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, explaining how to draw a cube is that not yeah. a big one for you? It is, yeah, but it's not a funny moment. It's just an, a sort of a. Well, it doesn't have to be funny. It just it's his a favourite nostalgic moment for me because it's when I first watched The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I guess if I was going to end on one more... Oh, just the, getting cut off at the end of 22 short films always made me laugh. Mm-hmm. Makes um, you laugh, makes you think. <laughs> David David, uh, can't David, be, David can't possibly be his name. If you, guys, <laughs> you if, think? if you had to choose a Simpsons character to trade lives with, who would it be? Keep in mind that you may or may not have to swap back at some stage. Just the Jay Lampwick. <laughs> <laughs> Pre or post? Post. Okay. Uh, I'll go Brockman because I feel like he's always had the money. I'll shine your shoes and you would turn me down. Yeah. Uh, my poodles need walking, so yes. <laughs> no time for a shoe shining. Also Brockman because secretly I've always harboured dreams of being a news anchor. Even comic book guy because he just doesn't give a shit. Yeah, true. Well, you see, but yeah. you're going to have to sleep with Mrs. Skinner. But he pre- he enjoys that. Yeah, okay. So you embody him and all that he enjoys, yeah. That's fair. Uh, I, but yeah, no, I have. I had always thought I'd make a good newsreader. I feel like I could do empathy and I could segue from a sad story into a funny story. You might be a better sports... Like, like the, the sports... Like the Tim Watson at the end of the Don't get me chair. wrong. I'm too young now to be... You've got to be 40 plus to have credibility in the big chair. But yeah, I could like start... I could start in sports. I could do a Steve Quartermain. Maybe start. you can host like the Sunday morning news show. Yeah, yeah, that would be another way that they'd test me out to see if I was good enough to handle it as an anchor. You and Basil. <laughs> uh, that'd be the end of things. <laughs> Next question. Are there any secondary characters that you think have run their course and should no longer be used? Uh, this is from Kenny Gad, who thinks that the sea captain has no more funny lines or moments. Apparently a poo. It's probably fair about the sea captain. How many times can yar be... Made to be yeah, funny. no, I completely agree. Even the Wiggles have dropped Feather Sword. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph could have been dropped a long time Ralph ago. Ralph could have been dropped in the first 10 years. Ralph probably was dropped in the first 10 years by his parents, but outside of that, he could have been dropped from <laughs> first the First 10 days. I reckon you can get rid of Flanders. Yeah. I, think that's a, I think that's a change yeah. the Simpsons could do to spice things up a bit. The episode, I don't know if it would spice things Not spice up, it up fair, but, but, but I think the whole Flanders get home a new neighbour. Yeah. A, a new permanent neighbour for Homer. Yeah. Because um, I agree, and particularly the um, the squid and the whale. When I watched that episode, like it just did not in any way feel the squid and the whale. Sorry, the squid yeah, and the yeah. whale. Um, yeah, Flanders didn't seem like he had a point anymore. No, that's a small sample size, but I was like, yeah, it's not not where it needs to be. Yep. Um, maybe one more. Yeah, Jolin King or Yolan King. What's the best Simpsons tattoo you've seen? And if you were to get a tattoo of any Simpsons character, what would it be? And Alistair Danik wasn't Dando meant to get a Simpsons tattoo. Yeah. Yes, you were. But David Silverman was supposed to draw it on me and we forgot to get it done. He said he was going to do it. Uh. Um, I'm just going to have to get it done. I'm getting the Homer's head in the cube. I really liked one tattoo was on one leg and one was on the other. And it was Bart and Lisa kicking and screaming. So when you put your legs together, oh, it's, oh, yeah. oh, oh. That, that was a pretty cool tattoo. That is a very good one. Someone's got go to bread tattooed on their calf. <laughs> it's not a very good tattoo either. No. Um, this one's not too bad. It's just... Oh, this is Jason Canham's, so it deserves a bit. Um, you're about to see some ass cheek, but... The old stone cutter. Stone cutters. Yep. Yeah, that's not bad. I have seen the that minimalist outline sketch where it's just all of their hair. 
Yeah. Um, I don't mind that as like a simple way to get it done. If I was to get one, I think I spoke about this, I'd considered be a bit self-referential, but the, well, it'd be a lot. And that's what stopped me from doing it eventually. But the idea of Homer reading Homer's Odyssey with his little reading glasses on, like when he's trying to study the marketing and that sort of stuff for Bolly, Barney's Bolarama. You should get it. Yeah, I felt like it's a touch arrogant. When has that ever bothered you? When it's permanently and indelibly inked onto my skin, I draw the line. <laughs> uh, I reckon it would suit you. Um, but where would you get it, though? It can't be somewhere that's visible. Yeah, yeah, something like that can't be. Testicles. I mean, on yours. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd get my tattoo on your testicles. I've already got a tattoo on my ass. <laughs> have you? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> what <laughs> have you got there? Old radio show logo. Yeah, right. So, Michael posted on the, our Facebook page, if this gets a thousand likes within an hour, Dan will get the logo tattooed on his ass. Yeah. Like 13 minutes later, 12 minutes later. Done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Paul Downs has just followed up with his, um, from his My Two Cents story on yeah. Facebook, just saying this with is- an image? It, no, he just <laughs> said- got pixel didn't happen? This is a closed group, right? I'm like, it is, but I can screenshot from it. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, anyway, that'll, that about wraps up the mailbag. Thank you to our patrons for your contribution to the mailbag this week. As Mitch said, don't forget, if you want your question read out, and we we will read all the questions that get sent through. It doesn't have to be a question. It can be a um, story, like a My Two Cents story. Yeah, or faint story. praise. We got a lovely message through today from someone who was in Manchester 12 months ago when the uh, bomb was detonated at Manchester Arena. Mm. Now, what does that have to do with The Simpsons? Nothing at all, but she was saying that discovering this show kind of coincided with that and during a really intense time of grief it's helped her I mean find something to make her laugh again which was really cool and now she's part of the Patreon group and everyone like you know part of that little family so um, I love that little family I, I love that as well but I like those are the messages that really really blow me away when you know when you discover that the show can mean a lot to other people and more than you ever imagined that it would have it's not just Very us nice. talking about the Simpsons no so, in the most humble way possible, when mm. I get a message like that telling us that we're doing a good job, it really does make us feel special. Like, you know, you, your voices aren't going unheard. All right, guys, on that note, we're going to wrap it up. Hope you enjoyed our review of The Day the Violence Died. Thanks for listening. Let us know what you thought of the episode. Mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. Mitch, any final words for the listeners? Make me. Shh.